That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 191 of Retro Fandango. I am your co-host, Kevin, and I'm here with my buddy, Richard. Hello. Are you ready for this, Richard? Not really. I'm in a lot of pain. How come? What happened to you? Because I'm an old man. Yeah. And occasionally I have to deal with bouts of sciatica. Mm. So I had a really hard time getting out of bed today. Mm. But you made it for this. You made it for this. I dragged myself. I was trying to find the most comfortable position. I've got an ice pack back here now. I'm never quite sure which one works better, the heat or the uh, the, the cold. Both. And they say you're supposed to, yeah, alternate. So right now I'm on the ice pack. It's not as bad. The weird thing is uh, it, it often happens to me after a long drive. I'm sitting in the car too long. I, you know, I kind of feel like something's going on. And then the next day it's all out of whack and I have a hard time moving. And that mammoth american muscle car that you drive yeah make fun of my car well that's uh but it, um, it happened really... like a week ago mm-hmm. i had um a long drive and then uh this kicked in it was really bad it was the worst it's been for a while for a couple of days i had a hard time moving and finally it kind of settled off i do the hot packs the cold packs i do all the stretches take a lot of vitamin C and magnesium and all stuff that's supposed to help like uh, relieve muscle tension and all that kind of stuff. Really? And it, then it went away. And then I had another drive and it came right back. So I, I got to figure out a better way of sitting. Mm. Yeah. Or sleep. You sit up? Or being. You sit up when you drive? I, I always try to sit up straight. And then I put a little something behind me, you know, I got to put a little blanket or pillow or something in there just for the extra support. Mm. I don't know. This one is not as bad as the the one from a week ago, but I don't know. Well, you want to combine the heat and cold because what Mm -hmm. you want to do is get the blood to rush into that spot. That's what's supposed to help you. So you cool everything down and then you Mm -hmm. put the heat on it. You keep doing that. If you just sit there with just the heat on or just the cold, it doesn't. doesn't yeah, do it's just it's it's so painful to get up and move. Yeah. So you got to have them ready. You know, you got to have them right there. But my heat pack is cooled down now, so mm. I'll have to survive with just the ice for a while. Well, that sucks because there's nothing worse, I think, than back pain. When I had really bad back pain, I was lying there and I couldn't get up out of bed. And I was thinking to myself, this is exactly what Hitler should be going through right now. <laughs> it's the worst thing that I've ever felt. You know, yeah. I, I know that, uh, what is it, like breaking your, your kneecaps or something or, or one of your leg bones is supposed to be really painful. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, had that, an uncle, but... I had an uncle who shattered his kneecap. He said yeah. that was pretty bad. Well, you know, um, you know of uh, Rob Man on the uh, 
uh, happy console gamer. Yes. Channel. Did you yes, hear what happened yes. to him earlier? Was it earlier this year or late last year? I haven't followed that uh, channel for a while, but I do remember him posting something. I, I even though I don't follow people, like those things get retweeted. Something about something with him. Well, he, um, he, I, he's an electrician or um, works with like wiring homes and stuff. And he was on a ladder and he fell mm-hmm. off the ladder and shattered his leg. Ooh. And they put a whole bunch of bolts in and everything to fix his leg up and he was okay for a while but then it looked like he might uh, need to have the leg amputated because when you shatter it like that yeah the blood just doesn't go back to circulating properly or whatever and it could get become infected so Mm -hmm. i don't know i I don't that was a while ago i don't know what uh what his official uh, diagnosis was after that if he actually had to have it removed or not but yeah that sucks. Hmm. Imagine that. I was never painful. heard of that. Yeah, yeah, you shatter it to a certain point that you got to lose the whole leg. Yeah, it totally could happen. Like if you, if it falls into too many pieces, they can't put it back together again. You know, Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that's not what I was asking if you were ready for. I was asking if you're ready for my uh, Halloween costume. I was about to reveal it uh, to you. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? It's going to be way early. You must be really excited. It's going to be a visual thing. So if you're listening to this, you might, uh, might not. You might have to watch. We'll explain what's happening, but you might have to watch to see my costume. Ready? Here we go. All right. Boom. See all that? See what that is? Uh, Oh, okay. Those are those are VHS tapes. I, okay. I decided for Halloween I am going as a uh, VHS collector poser. Ah. When I when I explained that to Sarah, she said, "You mean Bill?" I was <laughs> gonna say, "Don't you need uh, some longer hair and a beard?" And I said, "Well, I'm, no, I'm a poser." And she said, "Oh, so Joe? You mean Joe?" I'm like, "Jeez, <laughs> she is here all night, man. Try the veal. Wow. Oh man." Why isn't True she story. on the mic? Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. Now, I found these uh, VHS Napa Valley shells or whatever, so I just ended up putting my all my little pockets of VHS around the house and put them in there. I did see your pick on that, and I, I admired the craftsmanship of those shelves. They're, they're together the very only, nicely. The only thing is... Uh, I've, I filled them up. You got to fill them up this way. I had them the other way originally, but when you take the tapes out, they'll, they'll fall out. So you're supposed to line them right. this way, right? But uh, and that is what it's designed for, right? Those are VHS yeah. holders, yeah. not a coincidence. No, and you can put you can put DVDs in there. You can stack them two at a time, but they're hmm. built for VHS. But the only thing is on the bottom, like it's, I guess there's like a bit of weight there, and it gets really tight in there. I can't really fit a the teeth in there like it's oh the 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 weight of those are you sure they're not supposed to go the other way then well if you put them if you put them the other way when you take a tape out it they'll fall out you know you're not you're not going to watch them (laughs) this is true (laughs) nobody really is just a display piece nobody collects these things to watch them like Mm. 
And if you uh, are, to you be fair, Chris to Roberts does. He just walks <sighs> in. Okay, nobody who's a somebody does. Hey, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Come on. Oh, that's. Oh you gotta goodness, say you're kidding right away because if you don't, they're like, "Oh, I can't believe that you said was that. low." I can't believe you said that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that you have so many VHS tapes in your possession. I was surprised too. These are all from my childhood, though, except for the two Lethal Weapon movies and Planet of the Apes. I bought those. See, I was ahead of the VHS curve. <laughs> I was like that. That was like a few years ago, and I'm like, maybe I should start. You know, these are cool, kind of cool, and maybe I'll start collecting them. And then I got like the Planet of the Apes. Kind of a, it's kind of a dumb cover because it gives away. Oh, I have that one. I have that. <laughs> Except I have it. Uh, oh no, no! It's time to show things when nobody's here and yeah. everyone's listening on the audio. Yeah. I have the the DVD version. Oh, there you go. So then, at that point, I realized, like, what am I doing? These are these are dumb. I'm not. I'm not going to collect these. Uh, so, but the rest of the, oh, Joe actually he gave me this one day. He just here. I know you like Star Trek, and he gave me the. Ooh, the is that the cage? Yeah, my uncle okay. used to have that. Yeah. Um, that is something, but yeah, I I learned my lesson with the uh, the laser discs. So occasionally I do see VHS in the shops and think, "Wow, that's yeah. kind of cool! Look at that! It's got yeah. the old case." You know, a lot of times uh, you see them with those clamshell ones, and they're even bigger. So I'm like, oh, no, I am not uh, making space for those. Yeah, yeah, those won't fit in in that, anyways. But yeah, I originally like I kept. You know, Indiana Jones, I was just, uh, when DVDs came out, I was like, ah, I've seen those movies so many times, so I ended up keeping those. And Duel was like a four-by-three movie anyway, so, I, you know, there was just a few VHS I kept. Yeah, there's, um, uh, all I have is the, the Star Wars. Um, but, yeah, I used to have the, the Indiana Jones three-pack and uh, Wallace and Gromit. They had those on VHS and stuff, but no. Cut them all loose. Yeah. Well, I found uh, a sealed, was it, uh, you know, the Jack Ryan trilogy with, started off with Alec Baldwin with uh, Hunt for Red October and then okay. Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games. I think I got the movies mixed up, but remember yeah, that I had never followed that whole thing. It, it was only like, probably in recent years that I learned that all these different movies were supposed to be about the same character. Cause yeah, I think red October is the only one that I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I found them all sealed and I asked Bill if he wanted them, but he, he balked on it. He said, no, thank you. Hmm. So it's, it's gotta be the original tapes that he finds, I guess. You know. Yeah. Anyway. So what do you, what exactly are you going to do with those right now? They're just propped up behind you. Well, I originally bought them for Bill. I didn't I didn't want them, but uh mm-hmm. I don't know my my tapes kind of look good in there, so I don't know, maybe they'll maybe they'll just keep them. I don't know. We'll see. See what happens. See if the price goes up on them. What if you uh load them up with games or something? Yeah, I was someone mentioned that. Um because you said you could fit DVDs in there so you can get like uh Let's see if a master super spot fit in 
Oh, yeah, your Genesis tapes. Oh, it's got the tag on it. Just snap it off. Did you say my Genesis tapes? Your Genesis tapes. Put your Genesis tapes into your Genesis. Yeah, they they fit, but they stick out. What makes it easier to grab them? Ah, I'll never play those either. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I play a game now, it's just on an emulator. I just don't bother hooking up everything and. Don't, don't you feel that? Anytime you pull a game off the shelf, you got that. Uh, now I got to yeah. open it, you gotta put it in there, and hook up the system, unroll the controller cable, and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's too much. Or I could just load it up on the computer or on the, yeah. the Pi, and boom, Bob's your uncle. There you go. All right, let's do the house cleaning here. Uh, I'm going to mention the Cartridge Club Blast because I know it's impossible to get back to things So on this show. So I want to get back to... Oh, as if you have some sort of special interest in talking about the Cartridge Club. Yeah, I do. I do. I have an invested interest. Uh, Okay, so RF Gen is playing Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. That's Uh, a spooky game. Beat the Bandy. Did not pick a spooky game, although Yars Revenge is kind of sci-fi spooky. That, that game reminds me a lot of Alien. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Um, there's no point in playing it, though, because Duke's already, what, he rotated the... the that, that's what I see. I don't even know what that means. Is it like an odometer? You, you, it rolls back over or something? Yeah, like you go so high that it... it I, 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 don't know, I don't know if it continues to keep score, though. Like if you go past a million, if it continues to go like a million one, million two, million three, like just without the million, you know what you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I haven't had a chance to try it at all yet this month. Even though it it's one of my favorite twenty six hundred games, and it's probably got the best sound design of any Atari twenty six hundred game. I love the way that game sounds. Yeah, it is. It is classic. Uh, well, and the guy that made that game too, he made uh, ET, right? Oh, really? So, yeah. So anytime, <laughs> like, you know, he he always mentions like, yeah, I, I made the greatest Atari game and I made the worst Atari game. So, <laughs> he's, yeah. Well, I'm guessing they gave him more than a couple of weeks for Yars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention Deke's new show, Thunder Bay Arena Rock. Uh, coming up this week because I will be on it on October 14th. That's Thursday, October 14th at 7 p.m. And we will be talking about the Sloan album, Navy Blues. So you want to check that out. Chris Roberts checking in live. And uh, there may be cuss words, but if you're listening at work, you'd probably just feel more (laughs) embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, sometimes a cuss word. It always comes from a genuine place, though, I think. Mm. Uh, okay, so I Diablo 2. That is what the Cartridge Club is playing this month. Big quick save club reunion happening on that. I don't know when we're going to record. We should uh, figure that out. It's just it's just get like getting right back to the quick save club, the number one problem. When are we going to record? When is it happening? But I have been playing Diablo 2, and I have been uh, enjoying it uh, thoroughly. I, I played through the game a few times. 
And, uh, you know, I'm playing it this time. I'm like, you know what? This this actually might be my favorite RPG. I, I am enjoying it that much. Um, how, how exactly has that game held up compared to the original? For example, when uh, the first Diablo uh, became available again, uh, you had to do that Hellfire thing to, yeah. to kind of make it playable in yeah. modern settings. How about part two? It's uh, it's more accessible than the than the first one. Uh, although when we did play it uh, a couple of years ago, Sarah and I played through it. We did uh, use a mod for like widescreen and to make uh, the lettering bigger because she was playing on her on the TV. You know, like she mm-hmm. still used her mouse and keyboard, but you know she was far away from the TV. Um, so there was a there was still a couple mods that we wanted to put on it to make it a little more accessible. But now they have the uh, resurrected version, which is the whole new remake uh, of the game oh, with all okay. new graphics and everything. And it's kind of cool because you can switch back to the old graphics on it. I originally wasn't going to buy it because uh, it was $64 with tax. Oh! Yep. Welcome to Canada. I, I, I thought this was like a, a $9.99 GOG. Nope. nope. Nope, nope. Sixty-four dollars, but oh my goodness! I said, "What the heck?" And uh, I bought it, and uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it, so I'm having a good time with it. So maybe it's because I spent sixty-four dollars that I'm enjoying it more, but I don't know. Um, but you know, usually I play when I play that game. I've I play like I know people play it endlessly, like they just continuously play it over and over again. But me, like I'll do like one run, and then it's out of my system, and I go off and play something else. So every time I play that game, I always play it as uh, the sorceress. And I know that she's like, she's the easiest character because she has ranged attacks. And all you got to do is basically just keep away from the enemies and, and you're good to go. So that's anytime I've played the game, that's all, all I do is I up her fire spells and I just kind of blast my way through the game. This time, though, I, I started doing that and I'm like, you know what, maybe I should try... Uh, a different character. Maybe I should try one of these other things just for the for the heck of it. You know, I've messed around with like Barbarian and um, oh, uh, I can't remember what else I've used. How many oh, different yeah. classes are there for that game? Uh, there's seven or eight. I, okay. I, I can't remember because they they add like anytime they had a an expansion pack, they would add a character or whatever. So oh, okay, so at least all that's in there when you drop yeah. sixty four. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 everything. Um, Thankfully, yeah, <laughs> that would be really, really chintzy if they it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, anyways, you get everything in there. So, um, so like I, I've never messed around with the other classes and that. And I thought, well, you know, instead of me like just going in there and jumping in and trying, why don't I go to YouTube and, uh, you know, they got everything on YouTube there, you know, mm-hmm. see what other people say. What's the other class that I should I should try out? What's what's different? What would look interesting? So this one video came up and it said, you know, play as this class and you'll be able to blast through anything in the game. You'll be able to, you know, anything that the game throws at you, no matter what the difficulty, this is the character to play as. And it was a, a necromancer. And I said, okay, okay, well, and so I click on this video and I, I, I'm watching the video at the start and I'm following what the guy's saying. He's saying, you know, get this character and you'll be able to blast through anything you don't need you know, to grind a ton or anything like that. You can, you know, start off the game and, and have a really joy, enjoyable experience with this character. I'm like, oh, okay. 
And then he starts like breaking down the character and it's like he's talking another language. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. I played this game like three or four times. I have no idea what the heck he's talking about. Now, I appreciate that the game is like, it's really deep. It's a deep game, you know, and that's why people really like the game, you know, because there's just so much to it. There's so much nuance uh, that, you know, you can play the game over and over again and you get different experiences. But once you get to the point where you're speaking another language, it just gets, it's just, so I, I have the video here if you'd like to uh, to watch a little bit of it. Sure, go for it. I haven't played Diablo What is going on, Diablo 2 fans? Okay, so he, this uh, is the start. This guy and, sounds like a nerd already. <laughs> he's, now at the start, I, like, I'm following him. What like, is going on, Diablo 2 fans? Dabrinsky. By the way, at what point on YouTube did it become, like, you have to start every YouTube video with, what's going on, guys? Like everybody, what's going on, guys? What's going on, guys? What's up, guys? Hey, guys! Like every video, what's going on? Yeah, that's how you do it. Well, that's, what's that's going why on? You're, that's why you're what's not what's making the big bucks on YouTube. What's wrong with saying hello? You know, little things. Oh, hey! Welcome to the video. Welcome to the channel. You know, that's what we do here. Hello. I, I prefer. I used to prefer when people would just kind of sit in silence because they didn't realize the camera was going <laughs> that long, and you just hear the. Mm, room tone right yeah because the, they're welcome to going. my youtube channel and they, they lean forward video. they lean forward to the camera like in this video i will show you how to clean your vacuum serial number well this guy is way too professional in that he's like right off right off the bat what is going on Diablo 2 fans, Dobrunsky here, and today I'm going to be breaking down the build that can Brunsky. literally do everything in the game. So solo magic finding, group gameplay, or even uber tristram. And that is of course, the summon necro. I will be breaking down a budget and top tier variant version of this character because a lot of people have been requesting some budget. more budget oriented builds. Unfortunately, this is a character that actually works very well with budget gear. So hopefully... So I'm, I'm taking that that he means like you can just, you don't need like, to go crazy. You don't need fancy... Uh, right. Accessories and weapons and armor and stuff. Right, right. So okay, I'm, I'm, I can so, do this. Yeah, so I'm following him there. For, for you guys enjoy this video. Again, like all my previous build videos, I will have timestamps in the description below. So if you guys want to jump handy. back and forth between certain segments of the video, they're there for you guys to use. So please take advantage of them. And also a quick reminder, if you guys do enjoy my YouTube content, all I do right. stream. Go, he's got to do the plug. Okay, so here you go. He's into it. Here we go. Here's the tutorial. Let's go. So I first want to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the pros and cons associated with the Summon Necro. Okay, so I got that. Summon, gonna... summon Necro? So that's the name of the character. He's going to talk about the pros and cons, right? Okay. Now this is the point where he completely loses me. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. And as far as the pros go, the first major one is that your total cumulative damage with your Summon Skeletons, your Mercenary, if you're using Revives, and then your Curse like Amp Damage or Decrepify, you can get an insane amount of total DPS. You can actually take out some of the hardest characters in the game with this build. So we're talking Uber Tristram. In seconds, you can kill some Uber of the hardest Tristram. characters in the game. So Uber you do have insane DPS. The second major pro is oh, that the DTS. build actually also has really good AoE. Oh, DPS. Uh, it says DPS on the screen. Great. No, I'm pretty. No, DTS is, you know, if you know what you're talking about. And then you need the <laughs> what A and OES. Well, they, then you need your A and W to get your cholesterol on. I don't. What the hell is this guy talking about? 
I can't even like what it is, says on the screen. And, great DPS summon slash merc. Great AOE damage. Well, what is? Oh, those are T's. Okay. Yeah, that's a T. That cross. That's like Greep. Uh, Greep. Right. The Diablo T. Um. Gosh, this video is for people who are just starting to get into the game. Yeah. You you don't need crazy armor, right? You can do it with, right. a, with a simple build here. You need the that's aloe vera me. damage. Because <laughs> you're supplementing the damage from all of your summons with Corpse Explosion. Pretty much every Necro always is using Corpse Explosion. So if you're Poison Necro, Bone Necro, or Summon Necro, you will be supplementing your damage with this skill. And it does provide amazing AoE, so it's definitely another plus to the build. And the third major pro is that the build is very safe to play. You can basically hide behind your summons or just beat shields for you, so you're not really absorbing a lot of damage. And if you want to, depending on how you spec the skill tree, you can use additional skills like bone armor to absorb even more physical damage. So, boner. what is he talking about? <laughs> he said boner. <laughs> bone damage. <laughs> he's got bone damage. I, I'm, I'm not even listening to what he said now. I'm just amazed at the flashing lights because the image behind him is cutting so fast. And it's just a mish of characters walking around in circles. Yeah. And I, he cuts I, like every two, every like half a second. He goes to another clip of the same thing. I I guess he summons things to fight other things. Yeah, I got that. I, I that's just like what a necromancer character does. I just don't know what he's saying beyond no. you summon things to fight for you. But, but anyway. You got to be into this stuff. You got to be in the community. I've played the game. I, I no, at least that, that, that's different. Expect to grasp like a little bit of what he's talking about because I've played the game. You have to times. be at you have to be at the level that you are willing to produce or watch one of these videos, and then you know more than just to get like a little information. You got to be like, oh boy. This guy's got a new video. It's 40 minutes long. Let me get a drink and I'm going to just absorb just this. Get it, all, get it all in you. And then you'll yeah. be able to, you know, get your AOE on. Is, how old is this game? Oh, well, uh, 2000. It's it's 22 years old. 2000. Okay. So, yeah, people that are this devoted to a game that came out that long ago, serious fans only. I mean, again, I appreciate it. I get it because it's a really deep game and you get to do like you can do all these crazy things if you get like right into it. But it's it's their own language. They're, st yeah. they're talking like, mm -hmm. about what? I don't know. Well, all I know is when I tune into uh, the Cartridge Club to talk about uh, uh, Diablo 2, I expect to hear all about AOEs and DDPs and things like that. You might, but not for me, because I have no idea what the heck any of that means. I think AOE is an area attack, I think. Area. But DPS, I don't know what DPS is. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyways, well, that's it. That's all I got that. for you. That's, that's, and that's... and uh, I imagine you're going to have a lot of luck getting everybody to drop 64 bucks on a 22-year-old PC game to play along with you. Well, you can play the original game if you'd like, and that that is much cheaper. Okay. There was there was one guy that, that was it? playing it on the on his Windows ninety eight machine. So, ooh, yeah.
It's neat. Is that available the way that the first one is? Or is that still like you, you got to go to the source? You got to go to Blizzard. And buy Blizzard, Blizzard, right? They're the only yeah. one you can get it from. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for some reason, they let that first one on GOG, but not, not the second one. Hmm. Huh. That's odd. Ah, it's time to adjust my ice pack. Wow. <laughs> this is what we've come to. <laughs> yep. Hmm. The old man podcast. We complain hey, about video you know, games and, and our backs and our aches. If and anyone else out there complains about back pain, I will listen because it's it's my own language. I, I've lived with this pain for twenty two years. Yeah, or, you know, quite a while at least. <sighs> All right. What else you want to talk about? I want to talk about the uh, the flurry of comments that are going on here. Yeah, slow down, guys. We can't keep up. Um, <laughs> We're, we are it. in competition with the Milwaukee Brewers and Atlanta Braves game right now. Oh. So that's why Rocket Sauce isn't here. He's actually at the game. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little too good to, to put us on in the background? Yeah. No, he's at the game. Right, but, you know, you're seeing what's going on so you could be listening to us and this getting some entertainment this is true huh. do you need to hear the the sound of uh, 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 people running around <laughs> throwing that, balls at each other is that how you think baseball players sound when they're yeah, running the bases that, that, that's all sports right <laughs> believe me if i were running around in a circle as fast <laughs> as i could i would be making a lot of noise yeah, especially <laughs> in the state you're in right now <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Do they let you hold on to ice packs? You know, once you get to the base, <laughs> they might let you. Remember that spray stuff that they used to have in the eighties? Oh, you probably you don't have a, a big sports guy, but they used to have like spray stuff. Like guys would injure themselves, and they would just like put the spray on them. Yeah, I've seen people out. do it. I, they don't, don't do that anymore. Is this some kind of version of icy hot? Because that's always so. been a cream that I know of. Yeah. I think so. It was something. It was something to dull the pain. But I don't see that anymore. Probably just some, like, steroid spray. Could be. Who knows? Who's the 80s? Everything went in the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I put on here. You put uh, new clamps. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I, unfortunately haven't used them, but my mom sent, uh, like, a box of stuff for my kids. And the way at the bottom there, she uh, she said, "Hey, I you know I was using these. I thought you'd like them." So uh, she sent me a couple of clamps, and I love clamps. You know, I, I use those like bar clamps anytime I'm making something. But the bar clamp is always designed to hold something. You, you squeeze it, and it comes together. Right. And it clamps down on something. This is like a reverse thing where it's together, and then you you squeeze that handle. And it separates. Oh. So it's actually useful. She got it because she needed to hang a door. And it's like, you know, you hang a door. It's big. It's heavy. Yeah. You got to hold on to it. You got to move it over to the the little uh, brackets. What do you call those? The hinges? hinges? Yeah. Uh, I'm in pain here. So you put, the, you put the clamps underneath and you squeeze it. And it works like a car jack. You know, it yeah. like lifts it up. So yeah. you can slide it over and then you can release it and let it down. But you could also slide it under heavy furniture and then like lift up one corner if you got to get in there and clean or, or move something around. 
Uh, you can put them on, if you're doing flooring, for example, you can put it between the wall and the board so you can kind of like squeeze it over oh, to make yeah. space to get another one in. It's like, ah, these some, these some nice clamps. I could do a lot of stuff with these. I haven't done anything yet, but I enjoy getting a nice new tool. And that's, ooh, it's exciting. Right on. I, I could open up that VHS space for you so you can get another tape in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, I should have. I I uh, replaced our bathroom door down here when I redid our our bathroom, and I, I could have used that because I had to take the door down and repaint it. Mm. And then when I uh, went to put the door back, the wood was all stripped. You know, mm. I couldn't screw the screws back in. So right. what I ended what I ended up doing was put um, wall anchors in there. I watched the thing mm. on YouTube. They said, try some wall anchors. So I found the right size wall anchors and I hammered them in there and then I was able to screw them in. Now we got a functioning door. Oh, yeah. Good old YouTube. Yeah, you guys could probably get away with no door, right? It's just the two of you in there. <laughs> there are there are things we still keep private. Man. You don't yeah. even leave the door open a little bit. There are some things we still keep private. Okay. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, some things uh, that might happen in there might cause some odor. I'm trying to be delicate here because Chris Roberts doesn't want us to uh, have any swear words. He wants us safe for work. So, Oh, my goodness. I don't know what swearing goes on when you go to the toilet. <laughs> We don't take a shit in front of each other. (laughs) (laughs) So you just got Chris fired. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, well. Uh, You send him some of those VHS tapes to make up for that. Which one would he want? Uh, You got some dirty dancing? No. Grease? No. What's the most embarrassing VHS tape you have on there? What's the one that you're going to say is Sarah's? Well, I didn't keep anything embarrassing. Oh, uh, well, I guess this one. Bill's favorite movie. Top. Oh, all right. There you go. Now, I kept this because this was the first VHS tape I had. I got. I got this for my 14th birthday. Really? Yeah. That's in uh, sparkly, clean condition, too. Well, I kept everything nice. Mm. Right. And it never got watched because it was a terrible movie. Oh, come on. You watched no, I, the, the volleyball scene at least, right? <laughs> no, I watched it a few times. But that's that's it. There's nothing embarrassing there. I got Police Squad and a lot of Bill Murray movies. I did notice that. You had a What About Bob in there, right? Yep. Which I was surprised. I Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that that's one of those movies that I was looking at and found out, hey, that's not really on Blu-ray. No, never, never survived past uh, DVD. I th- if it did get a release, it was probably a, a limited one. You can find it easy on DVD, but Blu-ray's hard because you got to go through Sony, right? Like when uh, with DVDs, anyone could make a DVD. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. Like if there was the licensing was was open, but if you want to do a, something on Blu-ray, you got to go through Sony and pay them a stipend. So that's why a lot of stuff didn't didn't make it. Yeah, I was amazed. Uh, even some some big movies like um, uh, what is it? 
Jim James Cameron, The Abyss, True Lies, like a couple of his big movies. Yeah, whether you like them or not, they're th- those were big money makers. Yeah, that's why I was rooting for HD DVD because then the licensing would have been open to to anyone. But mm. really, both formats were dying, and that stupid PS3 was just put a Blu-ray player in every gamer's house, so it naturally won um, the format war. Well, that that was it. It was all based on the gaming companies, right? Yeah. Pretty much, because no one was buying a new, you know, new system or whatever. Most people were happy enough with uh, DVDs, especially at the time when most people still had SD TVs. Yeah, well, even now, I mean, DVDs aren't gone. You no, they you still get them. They're still competitive. They they're they're the number one format. They're still mm. the, the beyond. Like uh, I think over, they still have over fifty percent of the market. Uh, that's because mostly it's old people buying them, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> that, well, that's what, like physical format. It's mostly old people buying them. Young kids, they just they stream everything, right? True enough. Yeah. So uh, most old people just haven't even bothered with Blu-rays or whatever. And I think it's I I follow uh, one. Um, I can't remember the name of them, but they, they'll put out like a a pie chart every month, and they'll show like uh, what the you know. What the what? What portion of each format does uh, you know? Like you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Who's 40, buying what? Right, forty eight percent would be uh, DVD, and then mm. there would be like a, a you know a chunk that would be Blu-ray, a small little tiny sliver that would be four K, and then streaming and and whatever. Uh, it was just physical format. Oh, just physical media. Yeah, I can't what remember. else is in there? can't remember this is why i need to look it up what the are heck they was still the name count are they still selling those uh record <laughs> no on max yeah, i think it was ultra hd blu-ray see if i can find one of their pie charts wait what do you got you got blu-ray the ultra hd the 4k are they they're really gonna push okay. beyond that so yeah no it's just the the three formats hmm. so uh let's try to put it let me try to share this screen here. Trying to get all fancy schmancy. There you go. So that's how it's divvied up. Mm. So DVD, 62.7%. Blu-ray, 28.7%. And a little sliver for UHD at 8.7%. That is a little more than shocking. You think so? October 2nd, 2020. Yeah, I, I, I am kind of surprised that the DVD is still that high. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a person who's going to badmouth DVDs. I think they look just fine, as long as you're not uh, going for you know super high quality. I don't want to be the person who badmouths the old generation. You know, like these people that when they buy their Madden games, you're like, oh, this Madden's the greatest. Look how great it is. And then you know, eight months later, they start announcing the next one. Like, oh, I don't want this old one. It looks like <laughs> garbage now. I gotta get yeah. the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I I'll say on on my television, I can definitely notice a difference. And then you got the your increase you in audio. Yeah, you, you do notice the difference. It doesn't mean that the DVD is bad. No. You know, it's just like uh, when if I you go, have the option to go to the higher uh, resolution and yeah, yeah. you want the better sound, sure. Like when I go to the library, all they have are DVDs. They don't have any Blu-rays because DVDs are just more accessible, right? 
like most yeah and more that's what i've noticed that uh, the rental shops around here they do have a lot of blu-rays but clearly the vast majority is dvd because if they switched them all out they'd probably lose some of their yeah. clientele yeah so i uh you, you know I've, at the library i'll just take a dvd who cares you know whatever it's it's good enough it's not for free yeah. I'll, I'll take it but if i'm gonna buy it i'm and if i could get it on a, a blu-ray you know unless it's something like crazy you know like there are some blu-rays that are just super expensive because they only came out with a limited release right and meanwhile there's right right millions of the dvd lying around so you can get it for like a buck or whatever like, mm -hmm. but anyways i understand yes. there you go oh hey you want to see one of my recent uh, blu-ray pickups yes got I do. this just got this because of you nice look at that moon. Copy of moon that's a great movie i'm very interested in watching that again i saw a moon like moon-ish oh. kind of film i should not we'll reach talk over it. like that we'll talk about it um you want to just talk about games get these games out of the way for a second did i play a game well you you bought me a game you said oh me a game yes on Steam. yes okay mm -hmm. fight fight and rage fight and rage which uh great great beat em up i'm, I'm really you played it, it well i played uh the first uh couple of levels mm -hmm. now at first i was a little frightened because i fired up the game and I picked the default female character. Mm. And then the next screen, I had to double check that it was you that sent this to me and not uh, uh, Steven Eider. Mm -hmm. Because when I picked the character and it, and it blew her up to the thing, the, the upskirt shot was yeah. quite shocking. <laughs> quite shocking. Yeah, there's a little gratuity in the game. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I just had to double mm -hmm. check and make sure it was uh, Steve. Or it was you and not Steven that sent me the game. But then, right. I, yeah, I started playing it, and it, it felt very uh, Streets of uh, Rage uh, like, and uh, you know, like well, that stuff. And it, it's all the homage. I mean, the name "Fight and Rage" is right. like Final Fight Streets of Rage. Yeah. Uh, the thing I find impressive about the game, which I, I agree, it's a, it's a pretty good beat 'em up, is it was developed by one guy. That's insane. He did all the animation and all the uh, the programming, and then there was just like one guy who did the music. Uh, and so, you know, very impressive for that. But um, I, yeah, I saw I had the game on my wish list for a while because it looked kind of cool, and I saw it was on sale, so I picked it up and I was like, oh, all right, play a couple minutes and the same thing. I was like, this is really fun. I'm probably going to talk about this on Fandango. Then I thought, oh, it's easier. Maybe if we had a conversation instead of me just talking about it. And it was like super cheap. So I sent you a copy. I was like, oh, maybe he'll play it. We can talk about it. And then I went back to playing it. And I, and I finished like one round with the character. I picked the um, the biggest guy. Okay. Uh, like the, the bull guy, which normally I stay away from the tank characters and beat them ups because I don't like when they're really slow. But I had no experience with the game, so I didn't know what the normal speed was. Um, so I played through with him, and I ended up uh, finishing the game. And then I went back, and I started playing as the the next speed level down, uh, the, the ninja guy. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't finish the game. It, it got so brutally difficult uh, playing with him. 
that I, I think I was on the second to last level and I tried over and over and over again. I just couldn't get through that one stage. Hmm. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to go down and bump it down to easy level. So I go back to the main menu. There is no easy level. It's just <laughs> normal or hard. So at that point, I, that's when I finally played as the, uh, the, the fastest character, the female character you're talking about. And she's a little too fast for me. Hmm. I don't know. But it's, it's a really well done game. But now I'm kind of like, oh, I think I might be done. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, uh, for the price of it, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely would not have paid the full price of twenty dollars for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it felt a lot more Streets of Rage than that Streets of Rage Four, which I never. Did you ever play I that? Thought, no, ever... I haven't played that. Yeah, I. I it's still on that uh, uh, Game Pass, but I, <laughs> I haven't gone around to, to playing it. I, I should, but I don't know. It's. Uh... Yeah, I don't want to uh, sound like I'm bad-mouthing the game. It really is well-designed. Um, it It's a beat-em-up that kind of reminds me... Now, this is a stretch, but you know when you play Batman Arkham games and there's that free-flow combat thing? Yeah. There's kind of, It's somewhat like that in this, where when you're when you're fighting a character, you, you do like combos. So you mm-hmm. can actually fight like a whole group of people if you know what you're doing and just kind of link from one to the other. And there's a little hit count. There's like, oh, you got 10 hit combo, 20 hit combo, 30 hit combo. And uh, so if you really know what you're doing, you can kind of like take out a whole swarm of people right away. I cannot do that. But uh, it still plays pretty well, and it sounds nice. That's one of the big keys for uh, the beat-em-ups. That's why Streets of Rage 2 uh, is often... Uh, you know, people talk about it. I don't know if they realize it's because it's got that great sound. When you hit somebody <laughs> with a pipe, it sounds great. And this game does that too. Like yeah, all the impact shots. Yeah. Especially that lucky. pipe when you pick it up and it just like thunk, thunk. <laughs> what was great with that that surprised me is I had them. I, I think all the characters play a little differently, like how they use weapons and stuff, which... Well, I'll get to that in a minute, but like I had the big bull character and he had the pipe. And so I was swinging an enemy in front of me. And then as soon as I swung, I go like this behind me and I hit the guy behind me like oh, I'm nice. in a Three Stooges short. <laughs> and he's like, dong, dong. so you hit like the two characters. Yeah. Uh, you get a boomerang at one point. You can like throw that around. But um, the game levels change depending on which character you choose and what decisions you make in the game. Oh. So after you beat it, it brings up this ending chart. And I think each character has eight different possible endings. And then depending on how you team up. So if it's, if you're like these two characters together, they get their own series of endings. And then these two characters, or if you play as all three characters, because um, there's only three characters and, you know, depending on whatever combination, you get all these different storylines. So when I played through the second time, it, it felt completely different. All new locations, different stories. Pretty fun. I was surprised to find out how old the game is, too. It came out a few years ago. A couple of years back, right? And mm-hmm. under the radar. Like, I did, I'd never even heard of it. Well, there's so many independently produced games now. Yeah. Uh, but it's a neat little, you know, pick up and play. 
does get challenging though. Yeah, I I didn't finish it. I I couldn't. Uh, I was playing as as the girl, and I think I can't I can't remember how far I I made it uh, into it. I was kind of running out of time too because mm. um, you have to play it all in one sitting. It didn't seem like there was any save points. Oh, it does. Time. That that's the does nice it? thing. If you quit out and then you go back in, it doesn't like say load your game. If you pick the same character. Yeah, and the same difficulty setting, it'll bring up a message saying, "Hey, you've already got a game with this oh, okay. character in this difficulty setting. Do you want to continue?" Oh, okay, cool. And you go right into it, and it'll each level they kind of have like three sections. You know, there'll be a little the computer like runs you to the next part of the level. Right. It'll start you in whatever part you left off on, so you never okay, go back cool. too far. But still. At like at the ending, there was like this rush of characters, and that's what they do. This this the level starts and it shows you all the characters waiting, and then you <laughs> go through them, and then like I always end up losing, getting down to my last life by the mm -hmm. time I get to the boss, and so I can't do it. Well, well if you get even if you get even an hour's worth of enjoyment out of it, then I'm glad. Well, I'll go back to it when I'm done uh, with Diablo 2. Diablo. I'm, I'm under pressure. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on the show. So I gotta, How long I gotta does it take to, to, to beat Diablo? I don't know. I, I, 40 hours? I, I'm not, no, not two hours. Oh, I meant Diablo 2. Oh, I was clarifying. I, th I think it's something like 40 hours. It depends on how much you like poke around and... You know, like you can really yeah. like, grind your character up before you go into different areas and that, so... Or you can try to blast right through it. Depends on the character you pick too, because the sorceress is like really easy, right? So you don't have to level her up as much, but other characters. Anytime you know. I play a game like that, yeah, I go for a character that has distance attack because why not? <laughs> yeah, well, totally. it makes more yeah. sense. Right? Yeah, I suppose if you want the challenge of just getting in there and cutting well, it, everybody with your sword. Well, and, and with Diablo too, like I'm playing it, like you know, this assassin, she has no range attacks and i'm playing it a, a completely different way like uh, i go into a room there's a bunch of enemies in there and guys with range attacks and that so i kind of hide outside the door and i wait for them to come out the door and then i use i got like some power kick and i just use that they come out <laughs> take them out one at a time so it's kind of neat it's like yeah i've never played the game like this before so you know, getting a, a different experience there you go uh, I just wanted to mention in our video game section that I've, I actually watched an angry video game nerd uh, video for the first time oh. in, like, I don't know, two, three years. I, uh, I keep saying I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back and start watching them again. Well, he did a video on the Commodore 64. Okay. Which is in my wheelhouse. So I Tugging at your to, heartstrings. I definitely wanted to hear his, his take on the Commodore 64. His exaggerated take. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I'm not sure if he realized that the Commodore 64 had a ton of games, but a lot of them were just made by, you know, people in their basement kind of thing. Like, you didn't need any sort of... Uh, just like the Atari games, no quality control. Yeah, well, the difference with the with Atari is you, you still needed, like, you needed some cash to put up front to for cartridges to make cartridge like get someone to make cartridges for you print labels on them put them on a retail shelf and then have some to have someone buy it right mm -hmm. whereas with the commodore 64 you could just make a game put it on a floppy disk and then put it out there and 
you know, it would just, it would go all over the place. It was like mm-hmm. the wild west, you know? So there are a lot of weird games out there, but a lot of them were like inside jokes between like a few people. And then the game would get out there and other people would try to play it or whatever, or, you know, so there were a ton of games out there, but I, he was kind of picking apart a lot of games that I don't think he understood were really meant for mass production kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They were just, but it was still like he still hit on a few uh, classic games and that that I had played, and it was fine. It was a it was a fun video. It wasn't as bad as his uh, Blu-ray video, which I that one is, that one's full of misinformation. But Blu-ray the, video? Yeah, he did a video a few years back on how much Blu-rays suck compared to DVDs. And I saw that one. I remember that one. He was right on a couple of things. Like there were, you know, you know, like they would put a lot of effort into a lot of DVDs. Right. But the, the thing that he missed with that is that those DVDs would be at a retail store for 30 or $40. So, of course, they put, like, tons of effort into the menus and stuff like that. And they could buy, like, you know, like, I, like the, the infamous one is the um, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you get that DVD, keep it. Because there's a whole bunch of little extras hidden in all of the um, menus and stuff. Same thing with Kevin Smith. He would put, like, a ton of extras in the menus and that. It's not worth it for them to do it with Blu-rays because they turn around and they sell them for $10. You know, for ten, fifteen dollars, um, or if it's limited. Not release, here. Not yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, While well, here, and uh, if it's a limited release, but there are still a ton of Blu-rays that do have like a lot of things in the menus and stuff like that. But there are a lot that are just like thrown out there, and they're just you know they're just cheap releases. But you know, he was kind of like just really down on Blu-rays and just kind of up on the on the DVDs, and I'm like, well, you know, that's why. You know, like they just they charged an arm and a leg for them. Yeah, they put a lot of extra stuff in them, but they weren't cheap. You know, yeah, you can find I, them cheap now. But I do like some of the DVD packages quite a bit when they you yeah. know they got the foldouts and you got all the little inserts and everything. I, I'm not saying like I'm not saying that you know because you got everything on the internet is like you're either 100 percent for something or 100 percent against something. I'm just saying there's yeah. nuance there. You know, there's like. There's some nuance there that you gotta look into, you know. Hmm. I like I'm a fan of both, honestly. Fan of both. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's kind of stupid uh are VHS. Who needs to collect those? Hmm. Let alone display them. Anyways, that Commodore 64 video I do recommend. It was it was a fun watch. And he still, you know, he still he still has that uh, little that little bit of touch, you know. I, I'm curious to go back. Occasionally I have actually started watching his uh, monster videos all the monster madness stuff i had ignored those for so long but then this year like i i wanted to watch some spooky stuff and i don't have as much time to sit there and watch the whole movie so i was like, watching <laughs> watch all his, his reviews yeah. of different monster movies. like he likes a lot of those classic uh, universal monsters and things so i was checking some of those out well that is a good segue into our movie segment Talking about spooky movies. I watched a spooky movie. What spooky movie did you watch? I watched Evil Dead. So you watched the first one? I watched the remake from a couple of years ago. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, (laughs) Evil Dead without Bruce Campbell? I don't know about this. Because I know that he and um, 
and Raimi were executive producers on it, you know, they kind of oversaw everything, but I don't know how much input they had. Uh, it's certainly not as good as any of the Evil Dead movies with Bruce Campbell, but it's also not terrible. Um, some good practical effects. Hmm. That's what I'll give it. Uh, it's it's totally watchable. Uh, it, it's kind of like you're just saying, you know, you're either for it or you're against it. I'm in the middle. If you really want to watch a remake of The Evil Dead, there are some good things in there, but it's not great. Well, isn't it if you want to watch a remake of Evil Dead, just watch Evil Dead 2? <laughs> yes, that is true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, there's none of the charm. The characters are all just like... So is it flat, the same thing where they go into a cabin, they discover the, the book? Go to a cabin, they give it a little more reasoning. Uh, like the, they're going there because one of the characters uh, has a drug problem and they're going to like get her to quit cold turkey. So they take her out there. Um, but then, yeah, it's basically just here's the book. Don't read from the book. Okay, I read from the book. Creepy things happen. Yeah. Without the tongue-in-cheek kind of humor, it, it falls a little flat. I was a little surprised that I watched it, though, because normally I, I don't like watching, like, slasher, gory, horror movie things. I get a little, like, I don't want to see all, like, creepy stuff and spooky stuff. But um, I found myself just really thinking about it more, like, how they doing this, you know? Because mm. it's, it's a lot of practical effects. And I was like, okay, that's kind of neat. I'm surprised but, they use practical effects. Uh, well, definitely lots of like blood splattering and stuff oh. like that. But pretty, oh. it's, I mean, they do all the stuff that you saw in the Evil Dead movies, except it's not as good. Hmm. That's it. Okay. I, I wanted to watch more spooky Halloween movies, but that's all I got. Uh, okay. Well, if we're going to stick to that theme for a bit, I watched, uh, I watched the It movies. It and it chapter the Tim two. Tim Curry or the new ones? No, no, I haven't. I've never seen the Tim Curry one, but I, I did, saw it when it aired originally. I did find it uh, at the Mission Thrift in town, so I will. How much it did you spend for that? Uh, actually, it doesn't have the price on it. I think it was two dollars. <laughs> You may is that, regret that. Is that too much, two dollars? I don't know. I've, I've, I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but um, I have seen clips, and there are parts of that movie that just drag. On. It's 187 minutes, so I. Well, it I was a two-part miniseries. Yeah. yeah Look, I, I know that it's not. I, I'm not expect the bar isn't set too high. I'm not mm -hmm. expecting too much. Um. But I did read the book earlier this year. I finally read through that monster book that was, mm -hmm. I think it's 11 or 1,200 pages. Um, and then I, I, went to our, I went to our library. I had to renew my uh, library card. And I've been avoiding going to the library but uh, because of the whole COVID thing and everything. And I don't want to mm -hmm. touch like things that other people have touched and all that. But right. uh, I had to renew my card. And I knew if I didn't, then it'd be a whole pain in the ass thing to renew it so i went i went there and by the way they put all these new restrictions now with the uh vaccine passport and all that so i had to mm -hmm. show my id and then show my passport and then i had to download some 
a QR code onto my phone and fill out mm-hmm. this form. And it took me like five minutes to get in. There was no lineup, but it took me five minutes to get into the library because I had to fill out all this stuff, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, I want to keep the, the librarian protected and all that. So it's all good. It doesn't. But what do they do if you, uh, you know, you show all your ID, you get the, the, the book or the movie or whatever, you take it home and then somebody in your house is sick. And then how are they gonna? And then you bring I mean, back this uh, this book with cooties all over it. I imagine they wipe everything down before they put it all back on the shelf. So mm. I, I don't know. So, anyways, that's why I went to the library and I found it one and two. And you know, I've been trying to watch those movies since I finished the book, and I couldn't find them anywhere. They weren't on any streaming services. So what the heck? Get them on the DVD. Um, and they're okay. Nah. Um talking about practical effects there are none in this one and <laughs> and th- they do this stupid jump scare thing where you know the character will be standing there and there's nothing nothing behind them right there's nothing there mm. nothing and then the camera pans away and uh you know you, you look out the window or whatever and then the camera pans back and then all of a sudden the clown's there like or, yeah well i mean 98 percent of horror movies do it that way you know as soon just, as that is as soon as that camera starts panning over yeah, okay it's, it's come like back yeah, and it's then come back. it's just like when they close the bathroom mirror yeah yeah oh spooky I, and it, it's like so the first movie was was two hours and the second movie was almost three hours it's just that same gag over and over again. It's enough already. But it's kind of cool. What well, was cool, the best part of the movie was they shot it in Port Hope, which is just down the street from me. So we get to see all like the locations and stuff. Don't they so, shoot every movie down the street from you? And yeah, pretty much. And, uh, you know, like the, tr- the nature trails that Sarah and I walk on uh, along all these, uh, the escarpment and all that, where it's all in the, like they go out in the trails and that, and you can see the escarpment that, that uh, we walk past and all that. It was kind of cool. Kind of cool to see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it. yeah, the background of the movie was really nice. Yeah, that was that was probably the best <laughs> part. But you know, like like with any Stephen King adaptation, like what Stephen King does is he creates like these really rich characters, you know, and they're they're all like complex and deep, and they're fighting against a a, a clown that is you know battling with them on a psychological level and when they take that and they try to make it into a movie well you got to do like all this visual representation of all this stuff Mm -hmm. and it just falls flat and a lot of the stuff was cg and it just looked really bad like i was laughing more than than i was scared because the cg was just so you know terrible and you know in the book um the the saying from the book is like you know the clown always says like we all float down here and that's because the clown is in is in the sewer. And basically, when he kills you, you know, you're going to float like a dead man. Right. And, you know, in the movie, they got to no, they got to make it more. And they got like like all these things floating around and all that, because we all float down here. And like, I don't know, stupid people need like something tangible to to think of when the clown says that. It's like, eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they were OK, but I, I. I don't think I'd ever watch them again. Yeah, it's hard to find a good horror movie that you actually enjoy. Yeah. This is for me. That's why I, I always yeah. veer more towards like comedy horror or yeah, Shaun of the Dead. action horror. Yeah, like yeah. just straight up horror. It's not I enough mean, there to hold me. 
I mean, look, I like The Exorcist. I think that's a really that's a well, really that's well creepy. done one. That movie's creepy. The yeah. creepiest parts of that movie I remember were the medical scenes. She's got that like tube in her neck, and it's like yeah. shooting blood. That oh, stuff's yeah. freaky. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, a good, more psychological. It's it was. It's not really horror though. This is science fiction. Uh, on the uh, you mentioned Moon. Um, and I, I think if you're a fan of Moon, I'd recommend uh, watching the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I got oh. that from the library as well. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, you've seen it? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, the, yep. uh, the um, uh, operating system. Operating system, right, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically about a guy who uh, falls in love with this operating system. And uh, I this just. This movie I, is set like in the slight future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, I just liked how it came to like uh, this logical conclusion. You know, it just kind of made sense. Yeah. I was happy with the ending. Yeah. How it, you know, like, of course, of course that would happen. And, you know, there's actual, I I, I don't want to give away the ending in case people haven't seen it, but I have, I've read a few things where it's the ending of that movie is, is, is plausible in the near future where they, they think that's where we're like, where we'll actually go, where we'll actually head, end up. Yeah, a little, little, little touch towards Skynet there. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was, it was, it was really well done. I thought it was well acted, and um, yeah. Well, yeah. even aside from the the operating system part, the world they set up of what people are like in in the this not too distant future that is also really plausible. Uh, the, the the whole gimmick of his character is that he writes letters or greeting cards yeah. for people. Yeah, that that was that was kind of kind of wild. Like you don't you don't want to write it yourself, so you pay someone to to write something for you. Right. I don't know what to say to you, so right. I'm just going to have somebody else uh, right. step in the middle. Yeah, and the guy doesn't even know the people. Like he he gets to know him, uh, like some regular customers he got to know, but for the most part, he's just writing like stuff off of his head, and he doesn't even know the people. Mm-hmm. Really weird, really. It's just that whole social yeah. distance, like a different kind of social distancing. Yeah, but really, really good movie. I I was getting a little bit of Star Trek vibes uh, from it. It didn't really get into the philosophical things uh, so it, much, but it got to a good point where yeah. it stretches, makes you think just enough, but also keeps it entertaining. Yeah, doesn't get too uh, full of itself. And it's a, a Spike Jones. Uh, movie he directed it and i'm not usually a fan of his he's done uh adaptation and uh another movie i saw that i didn't really care for i can't remember the name of the other one but this one was good i was i was impressed with it hmm. uh do you want to talk about a movie next or do you want me to keep going or what do you want to do tell me about jumper that's what i watched um yeah. i watched jumper you know this movie I know of it. Uh, I've heard uh, bad things about the game. <laughs> it's based on. That was a game. There is. A, okay, a uh, Jumper game. was a movie from two thousand seven or eight ish, somewhere around there. It stars Hayden Christensen, who oh. played uh, the Darth Vader in mm-hmm. the prequels. Yep. And the only reason I watched this movie, it's not a very good movie. Uh, the only reason I watched it is because I remember when this movie came out and I saw the posters and the poster is Hayden Christensen 
like doing this jumpy thing and they kind of artificially extend his arms and legs to create this really weird Photoshop thing. But from what I remember, his hand is in front of his face, like covering up half his face in the okay. poster. Kind of like the Angley Hulk movie. He's, he's doing like this. Right. Okay. And I always thought, is that kind of like, did they feel bad that they had Hayden Christensen after those prequel movies? Are they trying <laughs> to cover up his face? Because the, the, the poster... To- the poster doesn't even have his name on it, I don't think. I think it just talks about the director. And they have him, you know, covering up half his face. Like, they had such little confidence in this movie that they're trying to hide the actor. And I always thought that was weird. There you go. Yeah, there, there you go. Look at that. The director of The Born Identity and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, and doesn't The Born Identity on. was a much, much better movie than this. I've now, never seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I did see that a while ago. I can't remember anything about it. Uh, but Jumper is not a great movie. There are tons of, of loose ends and bad story written elements and characters and stuff. But there is a really interesting effect. Like when he teleports or jumps. Yeah. At the beginning, when he first learns how to do it, it's this kind of chaotic event. Like when he jumps, he'll go to a new environment and the walls are kind of cracked and stuff's like papers are flying and it's, he feels a little disoriented. And I thought that's really neat. That That's a, just a nice touch. But then as the movie goes on, it's like they don't explain it. He's just better at it. And it's just kind of simple. But then later on in the movie, there'll be times where he's in a panic. And again, it's kind of chaotic. And I thought that was really neat. The rest of the movie sucks. Mm. Well, Talking about poorly written movies, uh, you just reminded me of another one I watched. I didn't write it down here, but I might as well mention it. Uh, I saw that uh, Invisible Man, you know, the new Invisible Man. Is that the one that was supposed to be part of that monster universe, but then wasn't? I can't remember. I, I don't know. It's, it's something the- like a suit. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, I don't, I haven't seen it, but I, I did hear about it. So I, so this movie was recommended mm-hmm. from a few places from a few sources and i don't know i saw the trailer and i'm like i don't know but you can't judge a movie on the trailer so what the heck i'll give this a try and the movie's called the invisible man they show you like right off the bat that he's got this you know back cave kind of layer like thing where mm-hmm. there's like a suit that's obviously like you can't see the suit but it's like there's this like hanger thing there's a hanger there's a hanger basically <laughs> where obviously a suit is hanging that's where i keep my invisibility suit and they show sure, you this at the beginning real. of the movie and then for about the first hour of the movie they act like you don't know what's happening like i know i know what's happening this guy's wearing a suit and he's the invisible man no you don't know what's happening you know like i get it the characters don't know what's happening in the movie but yeah. you already know so it's like goes on and on and on for like an hour it's like just get to it already you know like he's the invisible man and he's messing with this with this uh his uh, girlfriend who tries tries to leave him but it reminded me a, a lot it was kind of funny because we just watched this movie called gone girl and i i don't know if you've seen that it's a I ben affleck movie is. Ben Affleck movie. It's directed by uh, uh, Fincher, who did the uh, se- did the movie Seven. Okay. Um, this is another movie that was recommended. And really Alien Three. 
Yeah, he did do Alien 3. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sort of. <laughs> Depending on who, which story you want to believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, food is ready in 15 minutes, says Sarka Sim. So I better I better make this Well, short. that message is already five minutes old. Oh, so I got 10 minutes. Okay. So uh, I'm losing my train. It's, oh, I don't know. No. Uh, so like it, it was almost like the same kind of movie, but in reverse. Where this, uh, so in Gone Girl, it's this woman who is really angry with her husband who is, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil Gone Girl a little bit, but it's not worth it, uh, who's cheating on on her. And so she comes up with this elaborate plan, this elaborate scheme to fake her own death, blame it on her husband. And then she goes in hiding and she watches, you know, what, what happens to her husband. And it's really a dumb movie because in the relationship, she has all the money and all she has to do, like they're living in St. Louis and her family's in New York. So all she has to do is leave him, take her money and go live in New York and just be done with this guy. But instead she does all this crazy stuff and it's mm-hmm. just a dumb movie. And it's the same thing with this invisible man. The invisible man is pissed off at his girlfriend for leaving. So he does all this crazy stuff. Meanwhile, he's the rich guy. He has all the money. So he could just like dump her ass and go off on with another girl. Like why? Like, I don't understand these movies where these people go like to extreme lengths to do something really stupid. Like just, I don't know. What's their motivation? Like just relax, dude. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. But spend some hard. of your money. Yeah. yeah I, I, I hate when a movie acts like you don't know what's going on, even though yeah. it was in the trailer and that's why I'm sitting here watching this thing. Like it would have been I remember so much... Oh go ahead. I would just, just say that the movie this reminds me of most is um there's a Robert Rodriguez movie called The Faculty. Where yeah. it is like aliens take over uh, the teachers bodies in this school. Right. And that's, I watched it. I like, Oh, okay. Aliens are taking over. And the first like hour of the movie, they act like what's going on. Oh, we don't know. We can't confirm this, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's like, I get it. The characters don't know, but they kind of play it off as if like, Oh, it's going to be some big mystery. It's like, I saw the trailer. This is what your movie is based on. Yeah. Just get on with it. Yeah. Like it would have been so much better if stuff was happening to the main character played by Elizabeth Moss. If you're just watching her, all this weird stuff's happening to her, and you're like, you're thinking, is this all in her head? Is she schizophrenic? Is she? Is there a ghost? Like, what's going on? But you know, it's the Invisible Man because mm-hmm. the movie's called The Invisible Man. There's no right. suspense here, people. Like, just I don't, I don't know. It's just complete waste of time. I didn't find it suspenseful. At all. Okay, uh, just a couple movies, really quick. Uh, I watched Rumble in the Bronx. Came that's up a on good the movie one. networks. That's and a, it's a silly one, but it's a good one. It, it is good. It's really good. Jackie Chan, of course, does the crazy stunts. This is the one where he breaks his ankle too from jumping from one from a I think it's a heli from a, a bridge onto a helicraft uh, hovercraft, and he breaks his ankle on it and so then they cast his leg up they show this all in the end you know oh right 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 and then they put like a sock that that has a painting or a drawing of his shoe yes on it yes, so he yes, can continue yes. on with the movie freaking crazy mm. man insane and he's you know he's got his sense of humor in that but i didn't re- i i you know i had not seen the movie since the theater like i watched it in theater in the 90s i have not seen the movie since and watching it now 
you know, it's Rumble in the Bronx. It's supposed to be taking place in the Bronx, but they they shot the movie in Vancouver, Vancouver, mm-hmm. Canada. And so, you know, they're showing like, you know, the buildings and stuff like that. But you can see the Rocky Mountains in the background. It's like, how <laughs> how did they get those so close to Manhattan? That's 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 insane. It was cutting edge CGI back then. Yeah. But apparently in his book, he, he talks about, I haven't uh, read it yet, but apparently in his book, he talks about how hard that, that movie was to shoot with the Rocky Mountains and that. But uh, I guess, you know, he wasn't, that was the movie that kind of uh, made him a star here in North America, you know. That's so they, the first time I ever heard of him, yeah. Yeah, so he was, they were still working with a Hong Kong budget, so that, that's probably why they had to shoot in Vancouver. Oh, yeah, and there's so much uh, dubbing in that movie. Oh, everything's dubbed, yeah. It's everything. done like that old school style where, all the actors speak in their native tongue and then they just uh, yeah. dub it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only one who does in- both English and um, uh, Cantonese is, um, is Jackie Chan. He'll go back and forth, but everybody else is just speaking their native tongue. Mm-hmm. But it was good. Recommend that. And then uh, I had not seen this movie since the 80s on the old VHS days. And I watched Three Men and a Baby. With uh, Ted Danson, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, and Gutenberg. That's right. You got it. Uh, I remember loving this movie when I was a kid and just <laughs> cracking up laughing. And uh, I watched it this time, and there's, there wasn't much to laugh at. I don't know what the heck. It, it was such a ridiculous movie. Like, so this uh, Ted Danson. Uh, his ex-girlfriend dumps this baby uh, at the door. And there, there are three guys that are really successful in Manhattan, but they're all roommates for some reason. Like, they can't get their own place. I understand Manhattan. That's how the movie's got to go. Yeah, I understand Manhattan's an expensive place, but these guys are hugely successful. Uh, anyways, they're all roommates. So then, you know, Ted Danson's off shooting a movie, and the other two are looking after the the baby for a bit. It's kind of weird because they're all three are are – you know, pegged as the star of the show, but really it's a Tom Selleck movie. Like he is in a majority of the scenes for at least the first hour. And then the other two kind of come in a little bit more towards the end, but he's really like the driving force of the film. Like he's the one that has a complex relationship with his girlfriend and it's going on all this stuff. But anyways, so while that's going on, that can't be enough. You have to have something else happening. So uh, through some sort of miscommunication or whatever, uh, somebody drops off uh, heroin at the place and there's a cop that's snooping around and he, the cop thinks that they're in on this heroin deal and all this stuff. And it's just a ridiculous movie. It's a ridiculous premise, ridiculous movie. Here's my question to you though, without mm-hmm. looking anything up on the internet, can you tell me who directed three men and a baby? It wasn't Ivan Reitman, was it? Nope. It was not Ivan Reitman. Uh, I, I have no idea. I can't even confirm that I've actually seen this whole movie. I'll, g- I'll give you a clue. Right before this movie, this movie came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. So just about a year or two before this movie, he directed a huge hit comedy that is part of a series that's not generally known for comedy. He made a ton of dough. It was the most successful movie, I believe, in the in the franchise, especially if you take for inflation in that. Most successful movie. Uh, you're talking about 
Back to the Future, Robert Zemeckis? No, no. This no. is a, this is a, a comedy in a series that's not necessarily a comedy. Comedy in a series and that's really a comedy. So it's it came out in eighty seven, so you're looking at a couple of years before. I, I have no idea. It's directed by Leonard Nimoy, director of Star Trek Four. Oh. <laughs> so he got Oh, you know what? I think I did remember hearing that at one point. So, I was so, looking up something on, on Spock and Okay. Yeah. So Star Trek yeah. Four was a huge hit for him. Yeah, and, okay, okay. And mm-hmm. so and it makes sense that's why he picked Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and Steve Gutenberg as his actors, because he was like really big at not at uh you know being the anti typecast, right? And all mm-hmm. three of those actors, you know, Magnum PI, uh, Sam Malone and Mahoney. You know, those guys were kind of all typecast as those kind of uh, those characters, you know, so he kind of mm-hmm. wanted to. And he also had. Um, well, I can't remember the guy who did the music, but it was it was some guy that you would not. He, it was like a Broadway uh, music guy that you wouldn't associate with movies. Mm-hmm. But you could see that he was trying to bust all sort of stereotype in the, in that movie. OK, but yeah, it's not very good. It's kind of a really cheesy movie. But it was kind of it was interesting to go back and watch a movie that I watched a ton as a kid to see if it still hunts. Are you going to go ahead and watch the follow up Three Men and a Little Lady? It is there on Disney Plus. <laughs> I don't know. I am curious. I don't know how how much I want to scratch that itch, but I am somewhat curious. I don't know why, but I'm also lumping in those uh, Look Who's Talking movies with this franchise, even yeah, though it has okay. nothing to do with it. Those are on the streaming services, too. That's yeah. um, Travolta and... Um, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley, right? And then the voice was, was Bruce Willis. Of the Bruce baby. Willis, and then they brought in uh, Roseanne Barr yeah. for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Talking Babies never really appealed to me. By the way, the the actress in Three Men and a Baby, the one who has the baby, is Nancy Travis from uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer uh, fame. Okay. And uh, she has the worst British accent I have ever heard. It is <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. It's the worst. It keeps slipping. Like, she just, oh. It's almost worth watching just for that. Almost. Uh, can't say it's on my uh, must-see list. Well, you know, like, it, it's one of those ones that you watched at a ton as a kid, and you're like, does this hold up? And I found out that it doesn't hold up. Hmm. Oh, well. All right, um, uh, I think your 15 minutes is probably up. Well, you're did you want to mention Seinfeld Season 2 before we go? I'll talk about it next time, because... Uh, I, I've noticed a few things that I want to comment on, but I'm I'm enjoying Seinfeld. It's on Netflix now, so I've been getting back into it. Did you start at the beginning? Started at, at the, the beginning. Pilot? I'm going straight through, and that's kind of where the comments are coming in. Okay. I've noticed some issues. Sarah and I, oh, Sarah's going to eat. <laughs> I better go. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for watching uh, episode 191. Of Retro Fandango, thank you, Chris Roberts and Sarka Sim for being in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Retro underscore Fandango if you want. Uh, go check out our Discord. 
if you want. Uh, Kyle did make a comment in our Discord chat. He said, this Discord chat is as dead as STC Pod. Ooh. I didn't say it. He said it. He said it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Get a boner with Retro Fandango. That's it. I got to go. I got to eat. All right. All right. Oh, goodbye. Yeah, I got to wait for you to say goodbye before I go. Fandango.